What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Between Two Tackles. I'm your host, Alex Spinelli, and alongside me, as always, is Ray Volo, DiMontalbano. Fellas, how are we feeling? We did part one with our favorite draft picks with the AFC. We're talking NFC today. How are we feeling? Sure. <laughs> All right. We're doing Let's good. Right We're doing good. I was going to... Gonna... <laughs> I was sipping water, so I was, do, I, was I was paving the way for Dino, but you know he's fucking useless. So paving the way, did I always start us off? Do you? I feel like I do. I feel like I'm always the one to chime in first. Yeah, because you're a narcissist and know thing about yourself. <laughs> you're tacky, and I hate you. Not totally, <laughs> not totally incorrect. All right, all right, fellas. Uh, let's talk some draft picks. We're starting with the NFC East, Ray. We got the Dallas Cowboys up first. Who do you like from Dallas? I, I gotta go with Mozzie Smith in the first. This class sucks. Uh, yeah, no, this, this, yeah, it's a, it's a head scratcher for sure. Um, it was between Mozzie and Demarvin and Overshone, but I'm gonna go uh, Mozzie. I think it just gives their defensive line as a whole just a different look. I think they needed to get a little bit more beef up front in the interior. They got Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons come off the edge, as as well as Sam Williams. So I think beefing up that interior will really help with that run defense as a whole. I think his and also Mozzie Smith's best footballs ahead of him. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, you know we, what about you? We've talked a lot about Mozzie Smith and and this pick. I feel like, especially in our draft winners and losers, uh, I believe I was the one who said that this because this draft sucks. I mean, let's be real. But I, I'm fuck it. I'm gonna go Deuce Vaughn. I feel like it was a really cool pick, and I, and I really do see them utilizing him. It, it, in a very productive manner. He's obviously going to have a ton of special teams play, but it, you know, I picked two twelve. I, I think it's a great pick. He was a, a tough football player when it, I mean, Kansas state did not play nobodies. They played some tough competition and that tough competition always knew that Deuce Vaughn was going to get the ball 25 times a game. And when he did, he still, he still made them pay. So, you know, Deuce Vaughn pairing him with, you know, on situational downs with a uh, with a Tony Pollard, I really liked. Yeah, I really love that that video of yeah, and obviously it's great. Abduce's dad, who's a who's a, who's a scout for the Dallas Cowboys, calling him that. Like that shit's fucking awesome. Is that Deuce Senior, by the way? Yeah, legend. Nice. Uh great bald head, by the way. Um, I'm gonna go with Mozzie Smith as well. Like I mentioned, this draft kind of blew, but. You know, they needed to get somebody in the interior on that defensive line to help stop the run. I think this is a really good front four now um, for their defense, especially if they decide to move Micah almost full time at edge. Um, Mozzie just to eat up some double teams. And and like Ray said, best football is ahead of him. He's a freak athlete. He'll fit. He'll fit in really, really well on this defensive line. Let's talk about our younger brothers in New York. The New York Football Giants, you know, you like your guy Tay Banks here? Yeah, this is, dude. It's so hard because I'm obsessed with this draft. This is a top. This is like three or four, and I'm I, I'm not kidding. It might be. I think it's three. I know Steelers are ahead of it. Steelers, Colts, and then this draft. Honestly, and those are my top three in no particular order except for Pitt at one. 
Uh, so some order, um, <laughs> but um, <laughs> top two and they're not two. Yeah, top two and they're not two. Um, Dean Dean's like a dog when he goes for a walk and like he sees like a bird flying, he just stops and like yeah, just goes, <laughs> goes off track. Like let's stay on track there, big fella. Let's my go. bad, my bad. But uh, I, I love their first three picks. Like obsessed with them. JMS at fifty seven is amazing. Jalen Hyatt at seventy three makes me want to like do naughty things. If I was a giant fan, which I'm fucking for sure not. Uh, but Deontay Banks at 24, just getting the perfect corner for Wink. And I think I've said that 1,000 times. It has to be annoying at this point. For anyone who listens to all of our episodes, we love you. And I'm very sorry that you have to hear it a ton of times. But get Deontay Banks, a true number one corner. Adoree Jackson played, in my opinion, above his talent level. Good corner, but they really need someone who could just, just go one-on-one and just let Wink go evil genius mode. And Deontay Banks out of Maryland, I think he has amazing, amazing potential and a great floor when it comes to one-on-one. He could press, he could play off, a great man corner. And uh, they even traded up a little bit to get their guy. I love to see them get, uh, obviously, proactive there. Nice. Ray, what about you? Yeah, I'm going to go with their second-round pick, John Michael Schmitz. Uh, I, this team, literally, I don't think they had a center on the roster before the draft. They they got two bookend tackles and Andrew Thomas, Evan Neal, but their interior was lacking. So go get John Michael Schmitz, who was a top-three center in this class for most people. I think he's going to be good for them and just toughness, grit. He can, he can play in multiple schemes as well. So just really got to protect Daniel Jones after you just gave him that insanely ridiculous contract. So... <laughs> Yeah, uh, I think you guys know where I'm I'm headed with this. It's my guy for me. It's John Michael Schmitz at, at pick 57. I was kind of hoping the Jets were going to take him, but, you know, Tittman's fucking awesome too. So we'll be all right with that. But John Michael Schmitz being in New York, you know, feels, feels kind of good for me, honestly. But, Ray, you said it. Immediate starter for them, an immediate upgrade on this interior. And I think in a weak NFC with the way Dable's going right now, he could help them make the playoffs again. So uh, I really like this fit for for them. Um, Going to give them some nasty on the on that offensive line, which they need. Um, so I really like it for the Giants in the second round. Let's go to Philly, who just had a fucking insane draft, basically just <laughs> recruiting Georgia football players. Um, Ray, what would you like from Philly? My favorite pick is Sidney Brown in the third round, 66 overall. Uh so- they they lost Chelsea Gardner Johnson free agency. They lost Epps in free agency. So there was kind of a glaring hole at, at safety, which is really the only weakness on this team. I feel like going into the draft, I feel like everything else was kind of locked up uh, too deep wise. So I think Sidney Brown, he's a safety. He can play deep. He can play in the box. I think his coverage and just ball skills in general are good. So I think he's someone that Philly fans are really going to end up loving. Do you know that's your boy? You going with Sidney yeah. Brown? Yeah, fucking raise disrespectful, dude. That's my safety one. That's my safety one. <laughs> Getting him at 66 is crazy. He's a bona fide second rounder. He was just a hair outside of my top 25 big board, and I really wanted to get him in there. He is by far the best player in this draft when coming up into the box, um, obviously at the safety position. He's a stud. I love my favorite part about it. This game that is so underrated, and I don't understand how it's not talked about enough. When the ball's in the air, I don't care how small he is. He's very, very long. He gets his hands in in that, like, 
catch zone of the receiver, whether it be a tight end or a wide receiver. He's done this against great competition, and he bats that ball away. Or he disrupts the catch. He he disrupts the catch every time. And if he's not doing that, he's blowing you up. Legit blowing you up. You, you're you're having nightmares if you're playing this guy the next day and you're and you're a pass catcher. Yeah. I mean, the, the Eagles did such a great job. Just I I'm mean, so pissed they got that pick. It's guys. it's pretty crazy how much talent they already had on this roster, but to add to it, I mean, I really like Sidney Brown. I really like Tyler Steen they brought in. Um, from Alabama, Keely Ringo falling to the fourth round and scooping him up. Nolan Smith dropping a 30, but getting Jalen Carter at the 109 and only having to move up one spot and giving up a fourth next year to get the best player in football in this draft was an absolute steal for them. This is a perfect landing spot for him, too, if you were ever concerned about his off-field stuff or his on-field stuff, whether he's going to play hard or not. You put him in this room with all of his Georgia teammates that are going to hold him accountable, all these veterans that have been there, been to Super Bowls, that are going to keep him accountable. He's got to go against Jason Kelsey and all these good offensive linemen every day. I think it's a perfect fit for him. And, I mean, my God, to go against this front four, Hassan Reddick, Josh Sweat, Fletcher Cox, Jordan Davis, Brandon Graham, and Jalen Carter, that is fucking absurd. For any oh. offensive line to have to deal with. And he doesn't even have to be his all-world self, even though he will be in this rotation. I'm not in the NFL, but I just want to say I'll pass on that sauce. Yeah, please do. Uh, let's round out the NFC East with the Washington Commanders. Dino, who you got for Washington? Uh, I really did not like the Emmanuel Forbes pick at 16. Uh, still, still think that it was... Uh, really brutal by them not not forgetting him there but just the fact that i mean that too it was obviously you know fairly early but if you're gonna get your guy get your guy but i cannot see how under any i i I just can't see the mindset of taking him over christian gonzalez i went the pick after so that's why that pick is brutal to me i like that they got their guy but uh it's got to be Quan martin the corner safety out of illinois He's honestly, when you watch him, you see a corner, but he gives you the versatility. He could kick in, play nickel. He can, he has the propensity, in my opinion, to if you need him to to kick outside and uh, just play full on quarter or play over the top middle of the field. And he's even he's a good enough tackler to come up into the box and uh, and help in the run game. So getting Quan Martin, a very very versatile secondary piece, is very important for this team who had a glaring hole at the secondary. Nice, Ray. Who'd you like for Washington? Uh, this is, I wasn't the biggest fan of this draft overall, but I, I do like the value of KJ Henry in the fifth, uh, former five star from Clemson. Battled a lot of injuries in his college career, but he's a captain for the team. He gets has a really good get off, and this this defensive line is really good. Their starters, but their depth, I think, is questionable. So I think he's someone that will fit in Ron Rivera's team uh, scheme. They like to attack with that those four defensive linemen. So I think maybe you don't see him you'll play him. You'll see him play more of a rotational role this year. But I think next year, especially with Chase Young's option not getting picked up, I think you can see him take on a much more prominent role, and this value could really be seen like league wide. Right. I like that one too, but I'm I'm in agreement with Dean. Uh, Jartavius Quan Martin, love that fit for for him. Uh, can play in the slot, like you said. 
and I think he's gonna gonna be an immediate starter. This secondary desperately need needed bodies. I didn't love Emmanuel Forbes, but it was an area of need. And if that was their guy, then go get your guy. I like pairing him with with Quan Martin. I think they desperately needed bodies. Both those guys are ball hawks too. So um possibly a lot of turnovers coming for Washington. Let's move to the NFC North. We're talking Chicago. Ray, who'd you like for the Bears? I mean, this got to be my guy, man. Darnell Wright at 10. A lot of talk that they were just looking for a right tackle, which is why they kind of passed on Skaronsky and Broderick. But I think Darnell Wright's going to be a 10-year pro, and I think he's going to transition seamlessly to the NFL. I think that gives the Bears exactly what they need. They get need some toughness, just some power, some grit, and they got to keep fields upright. This offensive line has been bottom five unit in the league, so they desperately needed to add some talent here. Do you know what about you? I like it. I, I I love that they got Roshan Johnson. I, I really do. They they don't have Demon anymore, who who is a great player for them. He, he's uh, on the Lions now. But uh, you know, you get a Roshan Johnson in the fourth. A lot of people say that he had the potential to be, you know, a, a top. A he's top, better than Bijan. Not better than Bijan. <laughs> but but I, I heard that it was potential that, that people, especially in um, on that Texas coaching staff, thought that he was a, a great talent that was not very far off from Bijan. So uh, getting him in the fourth, considering that, you know, he didn't get as much playing time, especially as the guys drafted in front of him. You also don't have a ton of tread on those tires. Get a Roshan Johnson to help uh, compliment a Khalil Herbert. Yeah, Khalil Herbert and uh, Dante Foreman, too. They got some yeah. bruisers in that backfield with those three. Um, I went with Tariq Stevenson, was, who was a guy I highlighted in our cornerback ranking. Uh, they got him in the second round of pick 56. I really liked him. I really like his toughness. I really like the way he plays press man coverage. I thought he was one of the best in the class in press man. I think he pairs really nicely with Jalen Johnson. And, and Kyler Gordon, who was a guy that, that Ray and I were really high on last year, he really struggled uh, in his rookie year, so maybe he turns it around. But he had a rough it, year. It, it might be uh, <laughs> it might be Tariq Stevenson's uh, job to win on the outside next to next to Jalen Johnson. By the way, was that the first time we all three had a different pick? Nah, we had one or two. Okay, in Perfect. in the AFC at least. Um, I don't know about the NFC. I've been keeping track. Um, let's move to the Detroit Lions, who had a fuck ton of picks. Had well, they had. Four picks in the first two rounds. Dino, who'd you like for Detroit? I I love I love Hennon Hooker at sixty eight. I don't care about his age. I don't care about the ACL. You have a Jared Goff. He wasn't going to play year one anyway, or for this specific team for the specific pick. And getting a Hennon Hooker who who played amazing ball. I get it. This Tennessee offense does not really uh, force their quarterback to do a ton of processing, which is probably the most important thing for a, a college quarterback transitioning to the NFL to be good at is processing going from, you know, read to read, you know, they're, but uh, I love that they got a hand in hooker because I, I think the four picks were, were fairly lackluster and I, I'm dying to hear Ray's opinion on, on 12. Do you think that's fireable offense, Ray? Jameer Gibbs at 12. Um. I think it's head scratching, and I'm just glad they did it to the Jets. I know they it. got they got a first, right? With from uh, I don't I can't recall the trade details. No, from uh, the Cardinals. No, it was a two, I think. Okay, that's I. I'm just interested because you said you said it was fireball offense for uh, Bijan at eight. 
What about Jameer at 12? Um, I think trading back helps, and I think their teams are in completely different spots. So, But, I mean, it's definitely head-scratching. But, like, again, if the order of this draft was – like, this draft is weird where, like, if you just rearrange their top four picks – Mm-hmm. It would make it look a lot better and like from like a pre-draft sense. So like in the way in where they got drafted, but my favorite pick is going to be Brian branch at second round 14. I think this is just such a, a, a Dan Campbell guy and it just completes the remake, the, the secondary makeover they had this off season. So I think he's going to slot right into that nickel spot uh, gives camp Sutton and Emmanuel Moses. They can play outside and you just let him play nickel and just do what he does best. So I think it really they, – they do have a nice versatile defensive backfield right now. So I, I think that they – mission accomplished on their offseason objective. This defense got a whole lot better. Yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement. This is a top 16 player for me in this draft. Brian Branch is an absolute beast. I love the way he fits in this defense now. You can kind of let him do whatever he needs to because – this front four is is starting to come along. They got the pieces, like you mentioned, and Sutton and Mosley, this offseason in the secondary. Branch is just such a unique player with his ability to play over the top and play in the slot and just be such a sure tackler in the middle of the field. If they took him in the first round, or like you said, if they took him in the first round, I don't think I would have batted it. Nobody would have batted an eye. Um, so maybe a little rearranging of these top four picks would have made it a little more palatable for people. Um, but they got an impact player on Brian Branch in the second round, for sure. Let's go to Green Bay. Ray, who'd you like for the Packers, who swapped first-round picks with the New York Jets? I mean, this is an easy one, right? It's Sean Clifford in the fifth. <laughs> Obviously. Uh, <laughs> my guy was my guy was handing in fucking resumes to J.P. Morgan, and then his, he heard his name called. <laughs> fucking lols. Uh, anyway, it's actually <laughs> Colby Wooden in the fourth. It's just my guy. Love the inside-outside versatility he brings to this defense. Uh, he can play multiple roles. I think it's just gonna just defense in general. I think they love their interior, their um, their front seven guys. They keep fucking throwing darts at the dartboard. So I think it's gonna be a good fit. And just this defense is this front seven in particular. They're very versatile and they're gonna get after you. So I love that about a team building. What about you, Dino? Yeah. Uh, for sake of time, it's just it's Kobe Wooden. I, I did not particularly love this draft. I think Van Ness at thirteen is a bit of a reach, but uh. Not even that much of a reach. I think it's exactly where he probably should have been around. Uh, I'm not completely thrilled by it. I feel like it makes sense for this team. This team loves like just guys with with traits and just trusting the process and getting them there with a, like for example like a Rashawn Gary and then going tight end Jaden Reed and then tight end uh, a little head scratching. Uh, it's kind of funny, obviously, that they're they put a ton of draft capital in helping out Aaron Rodgers, the second, you know, helping out the quarterback, the second Aaron Rodgers leaves and has been obviously wanting that for, for some years now, but a Kobe wouldn't, I think is a great pick at one sixteen. All right. Uh, you mentioned a little bit of a reach maybe for Van Ness at 13. I really like Van Ness through, throughout this whole process. I think his potential is sky high. I think his best ball is still ahead of him. And like Ray said, this, this front four and this front seven is really, really versatile. A lot of guys can move inside, move outside. Um, so I think him and Gary are just a really, really good, really good duo, and especially with Preston Smith starting to age a little bit. I really like this versatility that they got with with a bunch of these guys between him, Gary, and and Colby Wooden too. I think all those guys are pretty versatile. 
All right, let's wrap up the NFC North with the Minnesota Vikings. Dino, who'd you like for Minnesota? Oh, this is cake. This is easy. 164, Jaron Hall. He's my QB6. Honestly, after we, um, when we got closer, way after we did our QB rankings, when we got a lot closer to the draft, there were actually a few executives, GMs, I don't know, um, some some guys, it, you know, higher ups in the league talking about Jaron Hall and that, that he was honestly a very good prospect. And if he just had a little bit more size and a little bit more strength, that he could have been a guy who who, who could be drafted fairly early. And I, that's exactly what I saw on tape. Uh, Jaron Hall out of BYU. I do not have uh, <laughs> PTSD from BYU quarterbacks. Uh, obviously from Zach Wilson, but Jaron Hall was was very good, great processing. He is a guy who could scramble out of the pocket and and really throw it on a dime. Has some great accuracy running out of the pocket, which you, you'd love to see out of a prospect coming to today's NFL. So uh, Jaron Hall, back up, uh, back up Kirk Cousins, and who knows? What about you, Ray? Oh, this one's easy. It's Jordan Addison, the first. Um... Seamlessly is going to replace uh, Thielen in that role at wide receiver two. And this offense, just they just love receivers who can play multiple spots, who can go at inside, outside. I think Jordan Addison fits that to a T. I think him and Justin Jefferson uh, is going to make a, a dangerous one-two punch for the next few years. Yeah, I love me some Addison. I'm going to go with uh, Jaqueline Roy, though. Uh, in the fifth round, I picked one, 141. They needed a replacement on that interior defensive line. After Dalvin Tomlinson left, he's a good good run defender, and they desperately needed somebody up the middle of this defense to help out with some of their edge rushers. So I like Roy. People were talking about him as possibly a late uh, day two guy, early day three. So like the value in the fifth there for Minnesota. Let's go to the NFC South. We're going to start with Atlanta. Ray, who'd you like for the Falcons? I'm going to go with Clark Phillips in the fourth. I mean, Ooh. he's an undersized guy, not the best athlete. He's a football player, though, and it, this is another team that just they just completely remade their defense this offseason. So I think he's someone that he's not going to get the biggest like the biggest shine, but he'll be someone that you can plug in at nickel and not really have to worry about it for the next few years, at least on his rookie contract. So and he's a high character player too. He just seems to find the ball. Mm-hmm. I feel like guys who have production like that, especially at the nickel position, I feel like someone who can play nickel. I feel like those guys usually work out. So I'm going to go with him. What about you, Dino? I, I mean, I love the Clark Phillips pick. You, you have you you go get Akuda. You have AJ Terrell. Those are your two outside guys. Clark Phillips predominantly played outside for the Utes, and obviously, just like Ray said, you know, a ton of character. He did not care who was who was lining up against him, and he was highly productive as far as getting the ball and making some plays, and especially at at times that the Utes needed it. And just like Ray said, you, you you kick him inside. They have a Mike Hughes, I believe, but you know you kick him in at nickel. I believe he is has the agility. He didn't test amazing, but he had for sure, in my opinion, on tape, he has the agility to keep up with those slot guys. Uh, I, I only time will really tell, though. Uh, I love Clark Phillips at one thirteen. All right, I'll round us out here uh, with Matthew Bergeron in the second round at pick thirty eight. Um, really interesting to see three years in a row an Arthur Smith team go offensive weapons with Bijan Robinson after taking Drake London and Kyle Pitts in the last two years. But man, they take Bijan and then they upgrade again at this offensive line, and they're just gonna 
pound people into the ground. I think quarterback is still a major issue for them, but if you can hand the ball off to Bijan 275 times this year behind this offensive line, that's arguably a top three unit in the NFL after they paid Chris Lindstrom, they paid Caleb McGray, uh, McGarry and, and Jake Matthews. You add Bergeron to play guard for them. Um, this is a really, really good offensive line. So I really like it. he's a plug and play guard for me. Let's move to the Carolina Panthers, who had the number one overall selection. Dino, who'd you like from Carolina? I uh, did it for the Texans. Might as well do it for the Panthers. They they took the correct pick with the most important pick of the draft, and that's Bryce Young at number one. He was my QB one. CJ Stroud was my QB two. They were not far apart, but just get just get Bryce Young. I. I, I kind of got annoyed a little bit. You see it, you saw it a thousand times. The comparisons with like Steph Curry or Trey Young, just like a playmaker, like point guard type, like. And uh, it's just correct though. I, he just finds a way. It's very weird when you see some of those plays. He he had a few against Tennessee when they when their backs were against the wall. You know when you see those, they're they're akin to like a like a logo three from from Curry when you need it. So again, Bryce Young, I just think that that was the correct pick and a really important one for them. I think they did a great job trading up and getting their guy. Nice. Ray, who'd you like from Carolina? I mean, I got to go with my guy, Jonathan Mingo, a uh, big physical wide receiver can play inside, outside. It's going to give Bryce Young a, a real security blanket for them, uh, for him going forward. I feel like he just gives them a different dimension than their current wide receiver core too. So I think he, he's just a modern day wide receiver who's, going to be you gotta get the ball in the open space and just let them work 39 is a hefty cost is it i think that's about where he's gonna go yeah he was a little surprised he was getting a lot of buzz especially like the last week of there's actually there's actually a really good uh, wide receiver room don't sleep don't sleep on him you got chark you got uh terrace marshall and uh also thielen i mean give me your definition of pretty good don't sleep that's, that room kind of fucking open. <laughs> That room kind of sucks. And they got the red rifle, too. Jesus Christ. All right, I'll round this out for Carolina <laughs> here. Uh, Chandler Zavala, guard from NC State in the fourth round at pick 114. Thought this was really good value for a player that a lot of people were talking about as a late day two guy. Um, I think he could start for this team immediately. I think he could be an upgrade over one of the, those guard positions. And again, this is another team that's building a pretty good young offensive line with Iki Aquanu and Taylor Moten. Um, so I like Zavala there in the fourth round. I thought that was really, really good value for Carolina. Yeah, great depth piece too. Uh, let's go to the New Orleans Saints. Dino, who'd you like for New Orleans? Um, I really want to go up. Uh... Hendry Miller at 71, but I, I love Brian Bracey at 29. I, I think that I, I still really don't get it. We we talked about it at nauseum. You know, this is a guy who has his best football ahead of him. I really, truly believe that. He's had an unfortunate past two years, uh, but he, he's, you know, a ma- unreal pedigree. You know, obviously a, a for- former five-star coming, uh, coming out of high school. And I, I just think it was really... I think people overlooked just his potential and even his floor. I think he's going to be a great player for the Saints. They could plug him in at nose, uh, plug him in at three tech, and 
I think they have a very solid player, and this is a extremely aging defense. We talked about it a ton, especially in their um, their rebuild app. So just get D line help, get defensive help, and getting Brian Brescia twenty nine, I think, is a steal. I think he was a top twenty five guy for sure. Right, right. What about you? Yeah, I gotta agree with Dean. I think Brescia was a really good pick for them. Uh, they desperately need some help on the interior of that defensive line. It's just not good at all. It's not deep at all, and. Like Dean said, I think he's immediately he's going to come in and help that run defense a lot, and I think his pass rush game will develop. I think he's got all the tools, plays a little high right now, but I think he's got. I think he'll end up being uh, a really good defensive tackle for them. Nice. Uh, I got Nick Saldaveri here uh, in the fourth round, first pick of the fourth round at one hundred three. This was a guy I was hoping that would just keep falling to the Jets, possibly in the fourth round when they ended up taking uh, Carter Warren. But the Saints traded up at the beginning of day three um, with Chicago to go get their guy. He's offensive tackle who's got guard versatility. And again, I thought he was a day two talent after watching his his film. And I think he could start this year at guard. I think Cesar Ruiz has really struggled since since he's gotten there. Um, and I really like Saldivari. He's tough as fuck. Um, so fourth round, thought that was really, really good value for for New Orleans. Let's round out the NFC South with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Ray, who'd you like for Tampa Bay? Again, it's another one of my boys. I got to go with Cody Mock, uh, offensive lineman from North Dakota State. So this this team just they this team's getting ready for a rebuild. I feel like and off the line, especially on the interior, is kind of it was very weak for them, with, especially with Brady's last year. So go get someone who has true five position versatility, a mauler in the run game, has that really nasty edge. Uh, I think that's really going to help them immediately. And just for whoever's playing quarterback for long term, you got to protect them. You got to make sure that there's a good unit up front for him so he can actually succeed early on and not just get fucking ran through. Right. Do you know what about you? Yep. Couldn't agree more. Cody Mock was a top 50 player for me. They get him at 48. Uh, I think, uh, well, I mean, we have to talk about the gap. The fact that he has the confidence to rock the gap gives me all the confidence in the world that he's going to be a great offensive lineman in this league. That's all I need to say, to be honest with you. But, but if you want me to sh- look at the tape as well, just like Ray said, I love that he pointed it out. The, the, the versatility, you know, he can play guard for you. He can play tackle. They, they've had an extremely inconsistent play, a right tackle, left guard, right guard. So just get a guy who can fill in or potentially even win a spot there, which I, I foresee him, having a high potential of doing right. Yeah. I really like the Cody mock too. Um, I'm going to talk about Yaya Diaby. They got in the third round at pick 82. He's got really good upside, really, really long arms. He's quick. Um, they just needed to get younger and faster, uh, especially along that defensive line. So I think he'll be in a rotation this first year in his rookie year, but could possibly be uh, the replacement for, for Shaq Barrett moving forward. Yeah, I like that. All right, fellas, let's go to our final division in the NFC West. We're talking the Arizona Cardinals. Dino, who'd you like for Arizona? One second, because I really wanted to look up the pick, uh, the the trade that okay. you want the me Cardinals to go? did. Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go Garrett Williams in the third round of pick 72. Um, I think coming off an ACL, a lot of people really weren't looking at him in the same way that they should have been. This guy's really, really talented. He's physical. He's long. Um, and this team desperately needed some 
some secondary help. So I really like him. I think he's a really underrated player. I think he can come in and probably start immediately for this team. Yeah, I'll go as well. Um, I think first, like I know Dean's looking up the exact details, but the trades that these this team made in this draft has to be talked about. They picked up an extra first next year. I think like three extra thirds as well. So this is a yeah. team that knows where they are and they they need just assets to rebuild because they need they have holes everywhere. But I don't think there was any bigger hole in this team that uh, other than their the defensive line. That was I think it was their biggest hole. JJ Watt retires, Zach Allen goes to Denver, and they're able to bring in BJ Ojolari in the second. He was my 15th overall player. It gives him some real juice off the edge, and he's a he's a young player who's going to grow into his role. I think on this team, a leader on LSU as captain. So I really like this pick. I think he could be a building block on that defense. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I I just wanted to check. I just wanted to look it up because I could not agree more. What they just their their awareness of exactly where they are as a team. And knowing that they need to really that this is a weaker class, we've said it a thousand times, load up picks for for upcoming years and really just rebuild this team right. This team is not a winner anytime soon. It is not. You should not be picking at three there. Under no circumstance should that be the case. Trade back, get a King's ransom, which they did for the Texans to go up and get um and get their guy in Will Anderson. And I love the aggressiveness to just go up only deal 34th, the 34th pick. And I mean, that's not nothing, but you know, uh, an early second and then number one sixty eight, but also get back 81 uh, and then trade back up to get, to get, is that incorrect? Right? No, I mean, I just think the way you're going about these trades right now, is going to give everyone a headache. Cause it already gave me one, but go ahead. Keep going. I'm sorry. Uh, my bad. Uh, anyway, they, they trade back to 12, uh, and then they go back up to six to go get Paris Johnson, and that's going to be my pick for them. Uh, he was not my tackle one. He is not a, a, a on my big board, a top 10 player on my big board, but I think that going to get a tackle when they have two aging tackles in DJ Humphreys and, and uh, Kelvin Beecham. I mean, we saw Kyler Murray when he was healthy running for his life rebuild this team by rebuilding this offensive line and keep giving Kyler a chance to carry the game, honestly. All right. All right. Let's move on to the LA Rams. Ray, who'd you like for the Rams? Yeah, this is another weird team and just in a weird spot, ton of picks. Uh, but I think my favorite's got to be Zach Evans in the sixth. They've had issues at running backs. Cam Akers has fallen in and out of favor with this coaching staff. It feels like every other game. Uh, and yet Zach Evans Former five-star, a lot of tread on the tires with splitting carries this last year at Ole Miss. So I think he's someone who's going to fit that wide zone scheme well. Not He's not a blazer. I think he ran like a mid-four fives, but he's got vision. he got good one-cut ability. And I think he's someone who could emerge as a starting running back that you got late on day three. What about you, Dino? Uh, I mean, I got to go with my my guy. It's got to be Steve Avila, uh, number 36. The 36th, 36th pick, I apologize. He's my number two interior offensive lineman out of TCU. I mean, Matthew Stafford was getting mauled last year. Getting mauled. Uh, post, obviously, uh, who left? The, their left tackle for a long time. I'm blanking. Whitworth? Yeah, w- losing Whitworth was obviously a tremendous loss. Uh, just get a guy who's going to instantaneously slot in at left guard 
and be a, a great pass rush, a pass blocking asset for you and give Stafford, you know, some life. He's getting older. We know that he got destroyed for many years uh, in Detroit. This is a guy who I, I, I don't, can't believe he's still playing football. I mean, how many times have we seen him just play and he's limping or his broken ribs or some shit? The guy gets destroyed. Get, get him some help. Perfect. Get that boy some milk. All right. <laughs> Throwback. I'm gonna talk about <laughs> I'm gonna talk about Stetson Bennett really quickly. Nice. I Are you like serious? That. Uh, yeah. yeah, I am. Wait, oh wait, you're being serious. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I, I thought that was a punchline. Um I mean it might be a punchline for the Rams. We'll see. I hate that fucking drunk. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I just thought this pick was really interesting and from what I've been reading what I've been hearing about this pick is that McVay was pretty integral in making this pick and that he really, really liked Stetson Bennett. Yeah, because he's gonna there, be laughing about it from the booth next there's year. Gonna, I, there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of talk about McVay leaving after this year and like this is this is the last ride. But if he thinks he has something in Stetson Bennett, then I don't know. Maybe does he stick around for a, a year or two and sees sees what he has? I don't know. Um, but Les Need and Sean McVay really, really like this guy. They had him super high on their board in terms of the quarterback. So for Stetson Bennett coming off in the fourth round at pick 128, maybe it wasn't my favorite pick, but I thought it was a very interesting pick in terms of what it means for their franchise and what it means for Sean McVay moving forward. Are you are you basically saying that Stetson Bennett could be the golden handcuff? No. No? Okay. What does that even mean? That is, <laughs> yeah. that is basically what you said, but I, I digress. I guess... Uh, is that a reference or something? Golden handcuff? Where's that from? Like a golden handcuff is basically when you, like, secretly in, in contracts just, like, keep, a, like, a high-value employee because, like, you're guaranteeing maybe some some pay or some vested 401k down the road. It's just, it's just a way to keep high-value uh, employees... I mean, oh. maybe then. Maybe McVeigh, I don't know. Maybe he wants to stick around. And you said if Stetson, Stetson Bennett, you know, basically shows potential, then, you know, that Sean McVeigh would stay around for a few more years. Yeah, Dean, sick pull, because I would have bet, like, my future house that you would have fucked that definition up, but you got spot on. So good I for mean, you. I Googled it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to the San Francisco 49ers who – they didn't pick till the third round. They had a lot of weird picks, too. Ray, who'd you like for San Fran? Uh, this one's pretty easy, just based on the quality of all the other picks, too. But uh, Jair Brown, their first pick at 87 overall. Uh, this Deshaun Gibson is their starting free safety right now. He's 32, so he's getting up there. I don't really care too much about uh, Jair Brown's lack of athleticism, I guess you can say it. But I think he's, a, he's just a gamer. He's around the ball at all times. And I think he's someone who's... He's going to get reps this year, and next year he'll take over that starting role and just be a really damn good football player. What about you, Dino? Yeah, this team knows linebacker talent. I, I, I really, I mean, it's Jair Brown, but, but I, I need to, because you guys are obviously going to address Jair Brown. I know you're going to get go there too, so so I'm, I'm going to go D Winters, pick two sixteen. He was my linebacker five. He had an impressive, uh, impressive. Uh, 
uh, impressive 40-yard dash, in my opinion. He's a guy who's, again, a gamer, and this is just a team that knows linebacker talent. So, and honestly, when it comes to when it comes to evaluating, I said it when we did our linebacker episode that when it comes to evaluating uh, linebacker talent, the number one thing I'm evaluating is uh, is their instincts. And D. Winters had it in, you know, by the fucking by the tongue. in spades. In spades is what you were in looking spades, for. Yes. Anyway, yeah, a highly instinctual player. He doesn't have all the tools, so he's not like a dream prospect for a team. But just put it on a team that's a, a well-oiled machine, especially this 49er defense that's just top of the league year after year. And they evaluate linebacker talent with the best of them. So I like this D. Winters pick for him. Nice. Dean thought I was going Jair Brown, but not so fast. Ooh. We're going Jake Moody at pick 99. Oh, yes. <laughs> top hundo. I'm just kidding. Kicker. I'm going. I'm going Jair Brown. Oh. Um, even Jake Moody is good. He's a good kicker. Robbie Gold's getting up there. Um, this <laughs> this draft class kind of stunk. Honestly, Jair Brown is the only one I really see making a difference, especially in, in year one. I don't even know if he starts in year one, but uh, Tayshawn Gibson's getting up there in age. I think he's like 33, 34 now. 32. I just saw um, he turns 33 this year. That's what I was looking at. Okay. Um, but I, I really like Jair Brown, and I think his maybe lack of athleticism, even though I think he plays fast, will be helped by this front four that they have. And he can kind of just be a ball hawk in the middle of the field and just make plays. Um, so I like that. I like that for San Fran. They always get the the best out of their their secondary, even when they don't have real talent back there all right fellas let's wrap up the nfc and the nfc west here with the seattle seahawks ray who'd you like for seattle so this one i'm not gonna do my favorite pick i think it's pretty obvious my favorite one's probably jack smith and jake but someone i'm really curious to see how they uh deploy mike morris in the fifth round of 151 he's someone who was just a, a good football player from michigan but was kind of playing out of position he was more of a stand-up uh, linebacker when he weighed like I don't know he was listed at like two like two ninety, but I don't. What are you weighing at the combine? Let me. I'm pulling it up this right now. I feel like it was less than that, two seventy five. So I'm just curious where how they're going to deploy him. I feel like they may move him inside to like a five tech, and he's got the length. And if he can get up to that true, if that weight two ninety was true, he's not the most athletic, but I think he can two gap pretty well, and he can be a good run defender for them at, at, in that position. So that's one person I'm really keeping an eye on, and just curious how they're going to use. Nice, Dino. What about you? Uh, I mean, to no surprise, if especially if you uh, listen to draft winners and losers, I was not as thrilled as most with this draft. Uh, I I think it's got to be Devin Witherspoon at five. I, I think that. I I just think that it was uh, I, I don't even know. Actually, can I change it? I liked Alu Alu Watimi. Honestly, I pick one fifty four. I think it was a really good value. I think it was a guy who's played well for Michigan. And uh, even though he was a tad inconsistent, he, he is a guy who is, in my opinion, going to be very solid line depth for them. Good pull, Dean. Yeah, I like that I, one. I, I didn't love this draft. I really didn't. I, f- I feel like especially where there were guys available and who they actually took, it just didn't make a ton of sense to me. Fair enough. Uh, I am going to go with Devon Witherspoon at pick five. It's not where I thought they would go and. I mean, we've talked about it at nauseum, how they kept mentioning 
that they needed to go front four. Yeah. And they didn't go front four with either one of their first two picks in in the first round. But they get Witherspoon, who is just an absolute mauler at the cornerback position. He just plays with such an edge that I think he pairs so well with Tariq Wollen. They have such a good young one-two combo in the secondary. I think it's going to be a really, really scary tandem for the future. And if they can get some of these edge guys going, like a boy Mafe and some of these younger guys, this defense can turn around. Mm-hmm. Seattle's a really, really scary team moving forward. All right, fellas. That was a fun one. Yeah. So to wrap it up for us here on Between Two Tackles, thank you for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed part two of our favorite draft picks with the NFC. Stay with us. It is the offseason, but we got some offseason content coming for you. We're going to take a look back at our draft classes last year, see how we did in terms of our rankings. We're going to redraft some draft classes, and we got a bunch more content coming throughout the offseason. So don't leave us. Stay with us. We're just getting started. As always, please rate and subscribe to the pod and follow our Twitter at Two Tackles with the number two. And stick with us as we continue this 2023 season, fellas. Appreciate you.